Yeah, g'day everyone and welcome back to the Tripod for season 2024, proudly celebrating 10 seasons of tips and talking NRL from a punting perspective. My name is Dane, I'm from Clarkie's Rugby League column and every week we are joined by the godfather of betting on the NRL, the man himself, Jacob Wynn, Winnie from Tripod. Mate, how are you doing? I am stoked to be here, mate. I can't believe we're going round for a 10th year of the Tripod, as you said, but I love it as much as ever. And we've got so much to try and pack into hopefully one hour of this show. Thank you to everyone who is tuning in live. This will be hopefully your appointment viewing every single week. It's going to be that bit earlier. And on Tuesdays, as I explained in the season announcement, because we're going to time it to jump straight on the back of team lists, get a little bit of a jump on the markets and get in earlier for people uh, in their week. But tonight's all about looking ahead for the next really six months. And speaking of everyone that's in the comments, they're coming through now. Clarky, are we live on Instagram as well? You can say good day to that audience there. Yep, I can see we are live here on Instagram with 78 viewers. So good day to all of our Instagram viewers for our regular viewers of the show. Just bear with us this episode while we iron out a few kinks. We are going to be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram this year. So covering all bases and making sure we can capture the widest possible audience and build this great community um, as jacob touched on a few changes to the show this year mainly in our preview slot which will now be every tuesday at 5 30 p.m following the team list announcement and we will still be reviewing the round 15 minutes after full time every sunday all right we've got a big show ahead so what's the plan for the show we're going to go through every single club talk their key signings and losses we're going to give our ladder prediction and a brief explanation on why we think that side could finish there we're going to give out some season predictions, including Winnie's season multi, premiership winner, Dally M winner, etc., which have been very popular in previous seasons. And of course, Winnie will jump in throughout where he sees value and some future bets that you can make adva uh, take advantage of rather with our 2024 season partners, which brings us to once again this season, we are brought to you by Top Sport and Better, who are providing tailor-made markets for tripod live followers all season long, including future multis, which we will cover later in this show. One of the highlights of last season was Winnie's same-game multi-strike rate, which you can look forward to again this year if you have a better account. And the mixed matchup has also been a follower favorite for three years now, and we're very pleased to announce that Toppy is on board with that again as well. If you need an account ahead of the season, check out the links in this show description. Our promo code, as always, is TPLIVE. But as always, when you're having a bet, ask yourself, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential uh, support? Call the number 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelpline.org.au. If you are listening to this as a podcast, that'll also be in the description. Let's kickstart with the Brisbane Broncos, Winnie. They made Let the me just jump in there, mate. Um, so yes. people can reach out too if you... If you need a better or you need a top of your account, reach out, uh, Tripod, Instagram, Facebook, Jacob Wynn, email tripodbetting at gmail.com. We've also got an opportunity for people who have accounts already. If you haven't used it in 2024, same thing, reach out uh, before you do uh, utilise those accounts if you're planning to. People may have already seen my post and I spoke about this on Friday, but we've got exciting opportunities. We've already got lots of uh, very happy group members ready to fire up their accounts for 2024. Uh, and I will just say ahead of uh, our preview, I think this could be one of the best comps in years because I think it's that close. I think there's a genuine argument that fans of every single team in the comp could make that their team is better this year than they were last year. Like I think people are looking at either with the gains and losses or experience or players improving uh, that just about every team 
thinks they're going to be better. But of course, that you could be better. A lot of teams could be better, but not everyone can improve. So it is so hard to come up with predictions. And with that being said, uh, I think it's going to be that tight between 12th and 4th. I've got some selections that might just be downright outrageous. But what I'm not going to do is fence it. I'm not going to tell you this team's 4 to 10, 6 to 10. I've given every team a position. I've got some team positions that are going to blow people's minds. Uh, I will say that. But I really want to have some strong opinions going into the year. And I will come up with some negatives or some question marks on teams as well. Don't want to spoil anyone's mood. But to separate teams, you've got to be able to uh, pick some flaws as well as what we're most excited about. And for the record, I was ready to sit on the fence. But when he said, no, you've got to come up with uh, your exact spot you think they'll finish, I was looking to please all the fans. We're not going to be able to do that. But let's jump straight into it. Let's start with the Brisbane Broncos. Their biggest gain, of course, is Fletcher Baker, who's come across from the Roosters. But they do have some big losses there in Herbie Farnworth, Keenan Palacia, Tom Flegler, and Kurt Capewell Winnie. So talk to me a little bit about the Broncos and where you've got them finishing. I think this will go better if you outline your points first and I'll come on the back of that. Does that sound right? All righty. I'll give my points. Then you give us your ladder prediction and I'll give my prediction before we move on to the next yep. team. For the Broncos, I look at this side and I acknowledge, yes, they have lost some really big players, but they do have some nice, nice depth in those options. And I think to some extent they can mitigate those losses. Now, they can't fully replace the likes of the players they've lost, but they can offset those losses to some extent. If any team has shown us in recent years you can lose players and still be successful, of course, it is the Penrith Panthers who continue to lose a plethora of talent there. But not only have the Panthers lost talented players and still performed, they've lost experienced players, most notably Zane Tedavano and James Tamo, and then they went on to win a premiership the next year. So I think looking at the, those uh, examples there and the fact I do put this young Broncos side pretty on par with that Panthers side. I think with their spine still together, they'll have another strong year, and I think they will be driven by that grand final defeat. Just like we saw the Panthers really in 2020, and they rebounded the next season, I think Broncos could be in for a similar season this year. Uh, how are you liking the Broncos' chances? I had that as my very first note. You can check the Instagram comments too, so we can include those. At this stage, they don't come up on the screen. The others do, but uh, I will say out of the gate, I'm not as high on Brisbane as everyone else is this year. They got to the precipice last year, but a lot of teams have. It does not guarantee you a return ticket. And before the grand final, I drew that comparison between the 2023 upstart, up-and-coming Broncos and the 2020 Panthers. And look, it played out that way. We know how the grand final finished. The, the younger team with less experience couldn't get there in the end. It turned out all right for Penrith. They won the next three years, as we know. But is that... Uh, what the future holds for Brisbane. It's up to them how they respond. And like Penrith, they have to deal with the loss of rep players. And, and obviously, Flegler, Farnworth are rep caliber players, not easily replaced and really played into the strength of Brisbane, which was running over people and breaking tackles and playing off the back of that. Uh, so I just don't think Brisbane is as strong this year. I don't think Ezra Mam is as amazing as other people rate him. I, I think he's a great, exciting player. Brisbane done well to lock him up, but people maybe. Uh, going to expect too much after that amazing grand final uh, he did have. Brisbane also had a dream draw last year. It's not as easy this year. And teams will be up for Brisbane, especially now that they're truly back. So, look, get into me, guys. I'm starting the show coming in pretty hot because I think just about everyone's going to say Brisbane's top four, and that's easy. I think they'll have some ups and downs this year and will actually come in at seventh. Wow. So I've got the Broncos second on my predicted ladder. 
Uh, we'll recap it at the end for everyone listening as we go on. We will definitely go back and, and read you our ladders. But for now, that's a pretty big disparity from how we're viewing the Broncos this year. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays into our tips and bets throughout the year. Uh, Dan says Pia Cura over Capewell. I'd agree with that. I'd say Pia Cura has a higher ceiling at this point, but Capewell is the proven rep player. Uh, and what else have we got here? Jamie says, upper lads, can't wait for another cracking season. Welcome back, Jamie. All right, let's move on to the Canberra Raiders. Now, they've got a few gains here. Most notably, I would say Zach Hosking, who's come across. Morgan Smith, he's a handy pickup from the Super League, as is KO Weeks there, a former utility for Manly. But they do lose Jack White and Jared Croker, Harley Smith-Shields, and Matt Frawley, who have all played an important role for them in recent seasons, most notably, of course, Jack White and Croker. Now, I think the Raiders are in big trouble this year. Now, I can see Ricky getting them up for some games and some huge upsets throughout the year, but I can't see him consistently getting the best out of this side across a 27-round season. You look at their four and against last year, and it was worse than every team all the way down to 15th, which was the Bulldogs. Um, so only the Bulldogs, Dragons, and Tigers had a worse four and against than the Raiders last year. And that was because they were winning a lot of tight contests through the experience in their side and through Jack Whiten being in their spine. Losing the talent they have, they've got an aging roster where star players like Josh Papali'i grow another year in the, uh, another uh, another year in their career, rather. And I just don't think they'll win the close games this year. Uh, they won nine games last year, winning by six or less. In the tight moments this year, I don't think the Raiders are going to get it done. Uh, how are you viewing the Raiders, though? Yeah, I just said before, every team in the comp can argue they're better. But, you know, and, and this is probably the one exception where it would be hard to make that argument that Canberra could be better this year when they overachieved last year. You said it there with the points differential was a, probably a more true reflection of the capability of that team rather than ladder position. But by virtue of all those short wins, they did make the finals. All credit to them, not just made the finals, lost in golden point in the first round of the finals. And that was a, a great effort. But we know they overachieved, never won a single game, I think, by... Did they win a game by double digits? Maybe if they did, it was like one game by 12. Yes, um, but no 13-plus win all season. Yeah, all single all single digit wins. Uh, and, you know, your best player or one of your best three every week uh, has left, one of your leaders in Whiten. So, therefore, the Raiders are going to slide. But, I again, I'm not here to state the obvious. Everybody's predicting the Raiders will slide. So, it's not bold. And, look, They've got some exciting young players, uh, you know, Weeks down there, Chevy Stewart, Ethan Strange coming through. The forward pack's still tough. I will say Ricky Stewart loves being an underdog. He loves being written off. But at some point, if they do lose the close ones, and they'll probably lose some substantial ones as well when they play the, the best, the cream of the crop, if they fall out of contention, do they start – does Ricky start to burn them out and do they need to then turn their attention to blooding the next gen I'm going to actually go to the extreme here and say my first bet of the show for a decent long shot is going to be Raiders' most losses at $7.50. So I think there, if they fall, everybody else has some merit. $7.50 on sports bet is my first tip of the show. And I'm just going to give advice as well. I didn't look, or I did look, but it's, that's a whole different podcast just about uh, team top try scorers and stuff. I'm intrigued by Canberra because I saw Jordan Rapana paying two twenty. dollars in the top team try score for me, that's way too short. I don't know if he lasts the year. I don't know if he plays it all on the wings. I'm looking at the likes of Popwadi, Kotrick. I mean, it's savage if he was to get a wing spot. But I think the way you execute that is you wait and see what the team lists uh, reveal 
in seven days' time. You don't want to back someone who you thinks they're winger and turns out they're going to be a utility on the bench or they're going to play centre or something. I don't know if, if someone like Hopawati or, or Kotrick could even be uh, converted to be back row. So wait and see. But to me, like when you've got someone leading the market and is way too short, could be value elsewhere. But as I said, Canberra 17th, where did you place them this year after being 8th in 2023? Yeah, I had him all the way down at 16th. So it sounds like we're pretty aligned on our views with Canberra. And a quick note on Jordan Rapina, the Daily Telegraph actually says he'll play fullback, which is uh, very, So like 220 to lead there. them in tries is, is just wrong. So I do Won't think happen. that that's a really good opportunity. You just got to pick, uh, check the mail and find out who's definitely going to have one of the wing spots. As I said, there's a few contenders out there. Absolutely. Let's move on to the doggies, a side with a lot of hope around at the moment. They've got some big signings, including Bronson Sherry, Stephen Crichton, Connor Tracy, Blake Taft, Jamin Salmon, Josh Curran, Drew Hutchinson, Kurt Mann, Jake Turpin, and Puasa Farmer So many names, I couldn't even get it all out in one breath. They do lose a few players, uh, most notably Jake Avarillo, Davida Pengo Jr., Kyle Flanagan, Corey Waddell, Luke Thompson, uh, Braden Burns, uh, and Raymond Faitala Mariner, of course, who recently left uh, for the Dragons. So, I look at this doggy side winning. I just think every single year, doggies fans tell me this is the year we're back in the eight, and there's always that belief around it. But it's never a belief based on what we've seen the previous year or, or what we're seeing in the trials. Or it's always just sort of hope because they've signed players. And to be honest, they've signed a lot of players since the last time they played finals, and it hasn't panned out. I've picked them bottom eight consistently through all of those years. I'm not going to buck that trend just yet. With their signings, I think undoubtedly they will improve. They won't be as bad as they were last year. Uh, but I just think, look, it'll take a whole season and then possibly another preseason for this whole team to really gel, implement the new culture that they want, get those connections where they know when to offload, they know what gaps in place to run, etc. So I think the Doggies will have some nice wins this year. I think they'll have some nice moments, but I still think they've got a while before they return to finals footy. You on the same page as me, or are you viewing the doggies as a top? See, eight I've side? agreed with you the last couple of years that there's been a bit of optimism around them, and I've poured water all over it. Said no, they're not. They're not going to be any good. They've still got key holes to fill. Now, I actually think is the time to get on the bandwagon. So, I reckon Crichton should play fullback. I don't know if he will. Look at the end of the day, if if Tap is playing well enough to justify holding the one jersey then that's a good situation for the Bulldogs and it means you've got an elite centre. But I really feel by the end of this year, Crichton may be considered among the superstars in the game. So you can't overstate that pickup. I think whether they go with Hutchison or Sexton, it's a promising option at halfback to pair with Burton, who I know for sure is not a halfback and is going to play a lot better as a full-time 5'8". Reed Marnie will be better. Kickout should play more games, so it'll be like an addition. they got to nail the 13 jersey, but Salmon is interesting there in the trials. And Curran could be one of the pickups of the year and is another option there. I love a bloke like uh, Jacob Preston. And Seraldo is a coach that still has a lot of ability, but also a lot to prove. This is a team to me that fits the profile of the Knights last year, which people will remember I predicted to make the eight and very few did. No one takes them seriously, but they've been downtrodden for so many years that if they actually find form and string some wins and get some confidence, the mood will lift and they'll become a real handful, just like the Knights did last year. So it's a big if. You've got to win the close games. But I'm taking a stand, again, not to criticise anybody else, but if I was here to give a range and play it safe and give predictions that would be hard to criticise, they'd be hard to actually use that information. I'll take a stand and I'll make myself easy to criticise if it goes wrong. I have the Bulldogs finishing eighth in the finals and I have them ahead of a lot of other more highly fancied sides. 
Hopefully not ahead of my Titans, but that is a discussion for later in this podcast. Uh, BKR Sports says their forwards are too small. Their spine is all over the shop. They're a year away. And Dan says they'll be the first team to field 1-17 to 17 of utilities, which they certainly do have a lot of. Um, I've got the doggies much lower, mate. I've got them in 14th. So we are a little bit uh, apart on how we're viewing the doggies this year. But like you say, uh, people aren't rating them potentially. So it could be a really good opportunity for you to get some value in some of their bets this year. Um, maybe even like our Friday same game multis, you know, a game where they're not expected to win, throw in a try score, we nail it like you've done in the past. Let's move on to the Sharkies, a side that continues to make finals but uh, bows out in the first week in the last few seasons. They've gained Billy Burns from the Dragons. Uh, they do lose Wade Graham, Matty Moylan and Connor Tracy. For me, I look at this Shark side and you gave a bold prediction last one. I'm going to give a bold call here. They've not missed finals since 2015. And I just think that this year is the year they miss and just being a little bit too comfortable. The coach has been there for two years now. The roster is all re-signed long-term. I think they're going to have a bit of a down season, but I don't think they're a bad side. I think as soon as AFB comes next year, they'll shoot back into that sort of top four, top eight range. But I do think they're set for a bit of a down season. Now, why it's a bold call, I don't really have too much reasoning. I've just got a gut feeling. Uh, I've just got a gut feeling. I don't have any stats behind this, but when I get that gut feeling, as our fans know and listeners know from, from previous shows, I've got to follow it. So I'm going to follow it here. I'm going to make a bold call. They will miss the eight. I'll tell you exactly where I have them after we get your thoughts on the Sharks. Yeah, shout out to Blaze at BKR Sport, who I know is your co-star for the Titans Frontline pod. Yes. And he makes a comment there about the Sharkies haven't won a home finals game. No. Have not won a finals game. Oh, yeah, wow. in Cronulla since, in Cronulla 2009. since 2009. And you said they've made the finals every year since 15. Yes. I'm not here to fact check you, but I can't think how many finals games they've won since then. It's it's like it's one at the most, right? Obviously, uh, they won the comp in 2015. But if since then, 16. how many finals get? Sorry, 16. So since 16, yeah. how many times have they actually won a finals game? And in the last two years, zero from three, I'm sure of. Mm. And all of those were at home to Blazers' point, and I, I see it similar to you. Now, I do struggle a bit with my read on this team, which is okay too because we don't have to get it all right in week zero ahead of the season. Like, I'm not going to predict it all perfectly for sure. I'm going to get some teams way off. But the beauty of what we do is we watch every minute, we watch every week, we ride the ebbs and flows, and we can uh, jump on and off teams at the right time. So I will, it will be a bit of a wait and see with me for Cronulla. The reputation is, the, is they're bullies and they beat most of the bottom eight, but they can't win the big games. But they're aware. They are as aware of that fact as anybody else, and they'll really be uh, focusing on trying to remedy that. The question is, are they good enough to elevate and beat the contending sides? And you need star players to step up. So, like, how good is Nico Hines? He needs to be one of the best kind of three halfbacks in the comp based on how old he is, the experience he's got, his contract. I don't know if he is quite that yet. Uh, which outside back do you throw the ball to to make something happen? And, and which forward puts the team on his back? You know, I do love uh, Britton Nakora, and I spoke about him last year, and I love the general grit of Cronulla. They make you earn it, and that's the characteristics of their head coach, Fitzy. But do they have the top-end talent to really beat the other big boys. The competition is just so close this year that I also had Cronulla on the outside looking in at 10th. What about you? I had him at 9th. So we're very, very similar there. I had him just outside. It's interesting to hear that because I th I thought you would have had him up in the top like top eight, definitely. So I'm very, very interesting. They're both on the same page there. Um, Colt disagrees. He says, I think the Sharks will be up there. There's too much quality to miss out. And 
that that's certainly a good point when you go through their roster. It is still a really, really strong roster. Um, so maybe a bit of a bold call for us both having the Sharkies missing there, especially when people hear my next one. And I, I, I feel like I'm getting hammered for this one. We're talking Gold Coast Titans. All righty. We gain Harley Smith-Shields and Keenan Palacia. We lose Cruz, Leeming, Tremaine, Spry, and Joe Vuna. Titans top eight. With Desi in charge, look, I feel like people can come at me and, and say it's silly that I've got them ahead of the teams like the Rabbitohs, Sharkies, Cowboys, without revealing too much. But I just have this belief around my side, Winnie, that I've never had before. We've never had an out-and-out -out NRL coach before. And yeah, we've got, you know, a really great, and look, as you can see the Titans bias flowing through here with Blazers, why I love that. But we've never had an out-and-out -out NRL coach, Winnie. We've always had reserve grade coaches, assistant coaches come. Des Hauser is the first out-and-out -out premiership winning coach we've ever had at the club. And I do believe we've got a young, talented roster. But also within that, we've got the experienced half-right with Kieran Foran. And we've got a forward leaner in Tino who's won a premiership and played rep at all levels. Whereas previous years when we've had the great young roster, it's been two young halves. This year is different. An experienced coach and an experienced member in that spine being Kieran Foran, who will hit his 300th NRL game this year. I think Des Hasler's hard edge gives us a chance to win those tight games that we lost last year. Six games we lost by six or less. Now, it's tough to say, but if we were to win four of those six with Des in charge, we would have played finals last year. So I give us a big chance. And if I'm wrong, I'm happy to swallow my pride and fall on my sword. I'll reveal exactly where I've got the Titans in just a moment after I get your read on them. I want, I want your prediction right now. Where have you got them? And I'll tell you how far off I am. I've gone eighth. I, I didn't want to go too much higher uh, just because a lot of it is could, could be a blind optimism being such a huge fan. But based on my analysis there, I do think it's fair that we could play finals. So I'm going to be four spots away from you uh, and disagree a little oh, bit. Um, Thank you. So go and get yourself a, a cold glass of water, mate, because you're going to need it after what I'm about to say. I talked about the Bulldogs being a standout to me as a potential surprise packet. We get them every year. There are teams like Newcastle, New Zealand. Nobody had them. Newcastle was knocking on the door of top four. New Zealand made the top four. The other side, along with the Bulldogs, that fits the bill for me this year is the Gold Coast Titans. So I know we seem to have a massive Titans bias in this show, but Kieran Foran, can he stay healthy? I really don't think he can, but if he isn't, then you just move Brimson to six for mine. I think Boyd has the ability to be a really dependable seven and play his best footy on the back of this pack that has outstanding middles. Tino off signing the mega deal. Mo off winning player of the year. Palacia, great and underrated signing. For feeder reinvigorated. For more back. You need a solution at lock, but I feel like Des finds it, whether it's Liu, whether it's uh, Aaron Clark there. The back line's got speed to burn, and that's before Campbell returns from injury. Last year went off the rails when Holbrook was displaced, but look, that was short-term pain for the gain of getting Des, who you said before, is a coach I think can unlock the best out of the get the best out of these young players. I see a lot of players that are in their prime or about to be. And when you're trying to make a bold bet and you're trying to come up with something that other people aren't predicting, you've got to bet on what we haven't seen yet. You can't bet on the teams where everyone knows and the players that everyone knows is good because it changes every year. And especially, I think this is a good year for some real surprise packets because it's going to be that close. So if there's only a couple of wins between kind of 10th and 4th, you might as well have some long shots. Call me insane. And I've been called a lot worse. I think the Titans are making the 8. I'm predicting that they come in 4th. And I will give that out as a value play right now. Let's see how long it lasts. $10 on Sportsbet and 9 bucks is good on Dabble as well for the Titans to finish top 
four. Pose yourself down, Clarky. Mate, when you first said you're four apart, I fully expected you to say 12. As my daughter goes crazy I'm setting me. it up that way. But, yeah, when you, it's top four. Wow, you did surprise me there in a very, very good way. Sarah says, am I listening to the Titans League Club podcast? Come on, boys, 11th at best. No shame in that. Got to build toward finals. Hey, I'm decla- I've declared my bias. I'm a, I'm a bad Titans fan. I'm a very, very big Titans fan. Winnie's not. So there's only one bit of... Uh, a bit of bias potentially within that, but let's move on to the Manly Seagulls. Now, these this is a really, really tough side to uh, pick here. I've seen other NRL analysts say they could be as high as top four, but as low as bottom four, and neither result would shock them. They gain Luke Brooks, Tommy Talao, Jackson Polo, uh, Itasi James, and Corey Waddell. They do lose the Fianu brothers, Kelma Tuolungi, Morgan Harper, KO Weeks, Sean Kepi, Morgan Boyle, and Christian Tupelotu recently to the Dragons. Now, I said that some people say top four, some people pay, say bottom four. I'm going to go more towards that bottom range there. I have a feeling Anthony Seabold doesn't back himself as a long-term coach here. He doesn't have that long-term security um, like a coach like a Craig Bellamy does, for example, at the Storm. As it currently stands, maybe you can say Luke Brooks and Corey Waddell are better options than Samuela and um, the other Fayonu brother, who's the young 5'8". His name's escaping me right now. It is... Uh, it's Latu. Latu so, Faini. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, Latu and Samuela Faini. So you can't honestly tell me that those two are better, right? And I just think if Seabold backed himself as a long-term coach, he would not have tra- made those sort of trades. The decision long-term is baffling for me. KO Weeks is another. Like, we're hearing he's going to play six in Canberra, but then they signed Luke Brooks to play Luke Brooks over him and presumably pay Luke Brooks a lot more money than what KO Weeks would attract. Sean Cap is another one. I think he's an underrated player, and I think he's a bigger loss than what people will factor in, despite his form not being the best last year. I think Luke Brooks will improve next to DCE, but I do believe the only way this Manly side plays finals is through Turbo having another insane season, and I'm just not sure we're ever going to see that sort of form again. I look at their forward pack. I think it's a little bit too thin, especially if they pick up injuries or suspensions. So I'm not high on Manly. Um, how are you doing Manly this year? Similar to yourself, mate. Check the Instagram chat as well. I don't want to neglect them, and I'm sure some are mind blown after hearing the, t- the Titans love. But we, we, you know, we appreciate everyone's perspective. So let us know where we're wrong and what you guys think. Uh, when it comes to Manly, the default answer for everybody is going to be it depends on Turbo. So if he's uh, not fit, then this is a bottom four side or thereabouts. And if he is, then it's a it's a real threat. But for me, I looked at it. Even if Turbo's fit, I don't see Manly contending. I don't see him as a real threat to win the Premiership. Although I reckon Brooks and DCE could go well, but at some point you've got to expect some sort of decline from the form of Cherry Evans. It was that great last year when I thought he may start to trend downwards. In the in the forward pack, and the reason that people have got a high range of wide range of outcomes for this side is because the, the talent is exciting. The likes of Paseko, Lakwatu, Schuster, but can they get the best out of them? Then you look at the coach, and I don't trust Seabold all that much. You know, I go back through his career, and I kind of wonder if he didn't realise that Damian Cook was a better option than Robbie Farah at hooker for the for the Bunnies, would they have had a great year? Would he have won Coach of the Year? Would he have got the gig at Brisbane? Would he be here now? You know, has he done anything great since that since that run with South Sydney? So sorry if I'm harsh. You have to be harsh to split hairs among the teams kind of in the middle where I see Manly, and so I've got him on the bottom end of the middle, if you like. 13th was my uh, position for the Seagulls. 
Mate, are you reading my notes? I've got him in 13th as well. Uh, for what it's worth, the Facebook, uh, sorry, the Instagram comments regarding our tight or your Titans top four pick were not very kind. So we were, <laughs> and there were some swear words too. So we won't bring that one up on screen. Uh, but let's move on to the Melbourne Storm, a side that's always at the top. They do lose Tarek Sims, George Jennings, Tom Eisenhuth, and Justin Olam, most notably, and they gain Sean Bloor. The Storm is such an interesting side because every year you get people that write them off and people that refuse to write them off. I'm someone who refuses to write them off, especially when it appears like it's going to be Craig Bellamy's final season in, in charge. He's got a revitalized leadership system with Harry Grant as captain and the Harbs as the co-captains, uh, vice-captains rather. So I can see them having another super consistent season. I do think they're a little short on middle forwards and I do acknowledge that Christian Welch needs to go back to his best. Or maybe they need a blood a youngster like a Tristan Powell who they've got in their in their top 30 this year. I like Sean Bloor. I think he could play a middle for them. Their middle options are really the only concern I have over this Storm lineup. But I just refuse to get off the Storm, man. I remember we did this last year and I said, no, nah, I'm on the Storm. They'll still be top four. I'll reveal exactly where I've got them in a moment. How are you viewing the Storm this year? And I said the opposite. I said that slide last year. Missed the four and I was wrong again. And I still rate Bellamy as good as any coach in the game. Maybe ever. I look at the spine and I see a Munster, Hughes, Grant, you know, hopefully a healthy Papanauza, Balongo in the wings. That's a contender, right? Uh, and yet I'm going to freak some people out here and I'm going to sell Melbourne Storm stock again and allow them to prove me wrong again like they did last year if they can. I am going to go as far as to say that a team like Melbourne that thinks they can win the comp may find out they're just not quite on that level and they're falling short with the forwards in particular, middle forwards being a weakness where I think when you look at the very best teams in the comp, that's such an important department. Uh, I, so I've got them. I think I think this team wants to rip in for bellyache. Maybe it's his last year, but eras come to an end. And as I said before, there's there will be change and there will be surprises. So I have the end of an era to a degree or at least a transition period for Melbourne because there's too much talent for them to go away in the spine. But nonetheless, I got them ninth. Wow, we're very, very different there. I've got them in third still. I just think they'll be too consistent with that spine. Um, Sora says, you guys accidentally mixed your notes for Titans and Manly. Um, and Jeff says, it's great to be back. Great to have you back as well, Jeff. James says, Olam is a loss. I think he is. If he can get back to his best, then yeah, absolutely, he is a loss. And he comments and says that he played through injuries last year, and that's why he wasn't able to get back to his best. So interesting one to watch at the Tigers. Let's move on to Winnie's surprise packet of last year, the Newcastle Knights. They gained Kai Pierce-Paul, Will Price, Jack Cogger, and Tom Jenkins. They do lose Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Dominic Young, Lockie Miller, Nua Brown, Oren Keeley, Kurt Mann, Hymel Hunt, and Jack Johns. The Knights finished last year in pristine form. Like You could argue they were the form team of the competition despite not going all the way. And they have made some really nice signings. Like there's some some super talented youngsters in there, like Kai Pierce, Paul and Will Price. And then there's someone who's coming off a premiership in Jack Cogger, just to name a couple there. They're a side for me that has every chance to improve. But even if they don't improve, I can't necessarily see them going backwards. Uh, just you look at the disruptions they had last year to their season with Kalen Ponga's concussion and then also the 5-8 transition. I think they'll be a lot more set on. They do have an opportunity to really build on last year's form. I like their halves depths and their halves options there. I think that keeps the pressure on someone like Tyson Gamble or Jack Cogger if he wins the 6-2, continue to perform very well all year, knowing there's another genuine option awaiting at 14 or in reserve grade. So 
I like the Knights. I think they'll go well this year. The question is, are you as high on the Knights this year as you were last? I am not. I mean, I would say that was my best call of 2023, and they actually won the ladder cap, ladder handicap market, depending on where you backed it. People have backed it at one bookie one, and were cheering in round 27 when they won a game they didn't need to win against the Dragons, but others that backed it uh, with certain bookies lost by one win because New Zealand also uh, highly over or exceeded expectations last year. And I go back to like, you know, it's only one game, but but round one last year was the Knights losing a tight one in New Zealand, which ultimately decided a season-long bet at 17-1. to uh, so, And people doubted me really all year, or at least the first half of the year. And I can even remember about round 10, the Knights played the Eels. The Knights were getting eight points, and I backed the Knights for a best bet, and they lost like 40-6. to six. Yeah. People were like, stop, what are you smoking? Stop backing the Knights. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I know I look silly, and, you know, th- and that result makes me look crazy. But to me... The Eels are no better than the Knights, and I'm getting eight points. That's a bet I've got to make. People finally kind of saw what I was seeing by the end of the year, and they had an outstanding season. When you consider that the best player in the competition was their fullback, who they lost for a third of the season, you had their captain, Braley, was out for the year after round two. There are reasons why they can get better, but you mentioned you're excited about the talent of some of the pickups. For me, none of these pickups move the needle where I think they've lost a couple of genuine first graders in Young, Fitzgibbon. I don't think they've got a lot of depth in their back row at all their bench. I don't really trust Adam O'Brien necessarily. And the Knights just don't tickle me like they did last year. So now I'm off because I think everything I saw has been shown. I don't think there's a great deal of hidden value or upside in this team. Uh, and I think they're another side in the logjam. And I hate to say it, I have my 12th, this year, after having them top eight last year. Well, I've got them in six. So, again, we're six spots apart there. It's very interesting when we go through our ladders. It's almost as if some will be the same and others will be, like, completely reversed by the same amount of positions. Um, looking forward to that. James Graham says Dom Young is a huge loss. And, yeah, pretty much you touched on that there. He is a genuine uh, – not a genuine needle mover. He was literally led the NRL in tries last year. Uh, Zane Sims says, do Melbourne keep their round one record again this year? You'll have to wait until I preview for that one, mate. You know we can't reveal our hand too early on this show. Let's go across the ditch. Let's go to the New Zealand Warriors who pick up Roger Tuovasashek, Chanel Harris-Devita, and Kurt Capewell. They do lose Viliami Vailia, Bailey Sirinen, uh, Josh Curran, Ronald Volkman. The Warriors last year were the best we've ever seen them, particularly in like the last decade or so. And arguably they've made the best signings of any side this year particularly when you factor in the premiership experience of uh, Kurt Capewell and Roger Tuovasashek returning, not at fullback, but at centre, where he's shown us in the trials he's going to be just as dangerous. There's a real worry that this side, you know, sometimes we see sides when you have a great season and then they fall off the very next year. Cowboys 2022 to 2023, um, you know, they're probably the best example I could give. So there is a chance the Warriors could do that, but I, I just can't see it. Hey, I, I think they're going to be strong again this year. They'll be confident, settled in their processes. It seems like SJ is towards the end of his career. Missed out on Dally M last year. Um, I believe they'll be out to send him out a winner or at least send him out on a great season. Andrew Webster, another year experience as a coach. I just think they'll be really formidable, particularly at home. I reckon the Warriors will be the hardest side to beat at home this year. So I'm pretty high on them. Are you on high, high on the Warriors as well? Unfortunately, not really. Uh, I guess just gave myself a wrap about picking Newcastle last year. But on the other hand, I didn't see that season from New Zealand coming 
at all. You could have given me 14 picks last year to pick the top four, and I wouldn't have had New Zealand in it. So all credit to them. They made Mount Smart a fortress, as you said. Andrew Webster did a whale of a job. Up the Waz, swept the nation. But also importantly, New Zealand could take the show on the road and got valuable wins away from home in Australia, which they'd really had struggled to do in previous seasons. The question is the one you posed, can they back it up? One of my favourite players of all time back in the mix. I wish Roger never left because there were years where he was the best player in the comp and the rest of the team let him down. And now I don't know what he's got left to give. You know, imagine if you had 2018 vintage Roger in this team. I've got to hope he can still find glimpses and have some great moments. And I hope that they can harness what they had last year. But it is so hard to repeat it. And I'll probably get called a hater because I don't seem to be back in the Warriors as often as I should. But it's like Sean Johnson can't play any better this year than he did last year. Uh, it's probably more likely to be some regression there. They ambush some sides to a degree, I have to say. You don't get to go under the radar so much when you you are top four from the previous year. So I just think things will balance out. Maybe New Zealand won't win as, as many of the tight ones. They, they won on the back of awesome defense last year, winning tight ones. But you still need a couple of bounces to go your way to win you know, more than half of them. Uh, so I kind of see New Zealand similar to Newcastle. They'll be right in the mix for the top eight, but I've got them on the wrong half of the ladder when it's all said and done. I'm sorry to say New Zealand in it at 11, despite the fact I do love the Waz. So I put them at fifth, and even at fifth, I was like, damn, I feel like they need to be top four, but I just couldn't find room for them. So that's interesting as well there. Jeremy says Mount Smart, an absolute fortress. Kiwi Tomahawk says Winnie is the number one Waz hater. And Chantel says Waz top six. Chantel, I like your style. Winnie doesn't as much. So You know, we're that's... both half Kiwi, guys. Do people know yeah. that? You know, we've been, we should be biased to the Kiwis more yeah. than the time. We just call it how we see it. Yep, absolutely we do. All right, well, that's nine teams down, eight to go. So we're halfway through here. Let's take a slight break from the action. Let's get a word on where the punting action has been instead. Uh, let's hear from the bookies. Let's hear from the CEO of Top Sport himself, Mr. Tristan Merlihan. G'day, everyone. It's Tristan Merlihan here from Top Sport. We're back for another year. So looking forward to be involved with Jacob and the crew uh, for another season. It looks like it's going to be a really good year of rugby league. Um, in my opinion, uh, yeah, a few of the top sides have probably regressed a touch in terms of their talent. Um, you still expect them to be there when the when the whips are cracking, but it feels like a lot of those lower-end teams have probably improved a little bit as well. So hopefully that should mean we should get one of the closest seasons we've had for a long time. So just looking at our premiership book, um, we were pretty keen to take on the Broncos. We thought maybe the lack of depth there, um, you know, maybe they slightly overachieved last year as well. So we've been trying to lay them most of the season and we, we've, or most of the pre-season, and um, we have done that. They're our second worst way at the moment. So they've been well backed at, at $4.40 into $4.20. The team that was very, very well backed pre or basically as soon as we put the markets up were the, were the bunnies. They were really heavily backed at around about that $10 mark. We got them into nine. Um, they've obviously had a little bit of a disjointed pre-season. They had a few injuries. Obviously, Campbell Graham's not going to help uh, being out too. So we've actually drifted them back past the price that we laid them at. So that's one where we feel like we've caught them at the right price. But the team uh, that we've laid at big odds and, you know, I'm not too... Um, concerned or happy either way, you know, I felt they're about the right price, are the Warriors. They've been well backed at $21 into 15 So, you know, there was maybe a perception that they were a bit of a flash in the pan job last year, but the punters are certainly expecting them with RTS back uh, to perform really, really well this year too. So been uh, good, sizable betting, um, you know, looking forward to to seeing how, how the first few rounds play out. Then obviously we have to make some pretty big assessments as we go through. 
All right, guys, good luck over the season. Get involved in all the futures. We've got plenty of them up. And, of course, gamble responsibly. Great stuff Thanks, there. Tristan. Just on that note, uh, you can submit your own custom multis as well. So I've got one that I'll reveal later in the show, but everyone gets a crack at their own. Lots of uh, juicy odds winners hit last year in the tripod group. So you've got till Thursday to submit your combination because not every bookie will let you pick like this player top try scorer for this team, this team to make the eight, this team to miss the four, you know, or if they do, they'll rip you off. Sometimes if you pick three different teams to make the eight, you should actually be getting magnifying odds because there's less and less spots and it, it, they're negatively correlated events. Anyway, you're going to get the best possible price having that crack with Toppy. So check it out in the tripod group. Yep. Tristan will price up anything already a market on yourself to streak at magic round this year. Uh, pretty short odds, unfortunately, but might be a bit of value there. Let's move on to the Cowboys uh, side that was disappointing by their measures last season. Uh, notable gains, Viliami Vailia and Thomas McKayley. They do lose James Tamu, uh, Peter Hicku, Mitch Dunn, Ben Hampton, Riley Price. I think that's an underrated loss there. And Luciano Leilua very recently to the Dragons. I think the Cowboys are a little bit overrated currently in the rugby league circles based on what they did in 2022, which was very impressive. But then I look at this roster and I think, am I seeing that wrong? It's such a good roster. It's a great spine, great forward pack, nice outside backs. And they haven't really lost anyone that they can't cover depth-wise. Like, you know, Peter Hicku goes out. He was out of form. A young, hungry Zach Laybutt or Violea comes into that spot, etc. I can't come up with too many strong reasons why I can't see them playing finals footy. But I am going to favour others ahead of them. Kind of like how you're viewing a few stuff. I've got them in the mix. Uh, but I don't think they will play finals. They mixed their form horribly in 2023. Like at times they looked unstoppable, particularly in that five-game win streak. And then they lost to the Titans at, at our home stadium when we are missing a bunch of players. And yeah, I just think it's times that year they didn't look as strong as other teams. So I think this season will be similar for them. Patchy form, good in stages, poor in others. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a bit iffy on the Cowboys this year. You high on them or a bit lower? Yeah, we're pretty far apart on a lot of these teams, which is good. I think it makes a more interesting discussion. And I also think we, you know, there could just be one or two wins apart from where, where did you say? Uh, did you give a position on the Cows? I can't. I had them at 11th. Yeah, you got them 11th. I got them third. So <sighs> I think that they will get back to 2022 form after such a disappointing 2023 campaign. There was that one winning streak. I want to say the Cowboys won five or six straight where they looked like they'd recaptured that that magic. Uh, but other than that, they couldn't sustain it and they just fell short last year. But like, it, for me, it comes back to the squad. Like I look the team up and down and I think that a lot of the best players are coming into their prime and going to have great years. Drinky was the hottest player in the comp during that streak I mentioned. You've got Talungi Holmes in the back line. Dearden with options potentially to upgrade his halves partner. But the back row for me is what sells it. Like Nane, Lukey, Cotter could be as good as any in the comp. They're going to be very hard to beat up at QCB. So I do see a return to 2022 form. And that's why I have them as a top four side, third in fact. Another one's Finney Fuiaki, another young great back rower. They've got there plenty of options. Which helps there. cover the loss of Leilua. Like it's not ideal, but, uh, but there's depth there. It is. Uh, it's definitely great depth there. Chantel's got him in 11th as well. Josh, we've already covered the Raiders. If you did miss it, this will be released as a podcast also. Brent says Cowboys will be wooden spooners. And Jeff says Kyle felt he still got it. Did score the hat trick on the weekend, but did have some uncharacteristic errors as well. And I think there's also a few different players in that Cowboys side where, Winnie, the reason I've gone that way is 
I do question, do they still have it? They are aging in their career. Um, I won't name anyone in particular, though. We will move on to the Parramatta Eels. My old side, before the Titans came into the comp, they gained Kelma Tuolangi and Morgan Harper. They lose Jack Murchie, Josh Hodgson, Andrew Davey, Wonga Blake. Um, Eels, tough side to get a read on, I think, but I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go bold, and I think they have a huge season. A lot of their roster underperformed in 2023 or were otherwise unavailable. Players like Sean Lane, who was close to being selected for the Kangaroos in the World Cup due to his blistering form the previous year, and Dylan Brown, who got himself suspended. I think we know it will get from other big game players like Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson. They haven't really mixed form across their career. They've always kind of been at that same level. They've kind of got past that adjusting period as well. Like last year, they lost Reid Marnie, who was a huge loss, and Josh Hodgson came in. And due to injuries, form, he wasn't able to replace Marnie in the way they would have liked. Now they've got two solid hookers. They've got Brendan Hands there and Joey Lussick, whereas Hodgson was always in and out. So the spine will be settled is the point I make there. 2018, they finished last. They rebounded to play finals the next four years. So I can see the Eels being a really tough side to beat this year. I can see their forward pack being a little bit intimidating to play against with players like Hopgood, uh, Paulo, and RCG in the middle. So I'm really high on the Eels, really high. Um, are you with me or against me on the Eels? Because they're a tough one, aren't they? I'm, I'm much more so with you. I think when you had the season from hell, which I could diagnose last year at, as and it really started from round one. You know, remember I mentioned the Knights lose a close one in New Zealand and the rest of the year you end up a win short from uh, the ladder handicap. I felt like that that game one against Melbourne, which was the season opener, losing in extra time, it summed up their whole year because the next week and the week after they got to catch everyone off a bye, they kept coming up short. The next thing, Parra was in a hole that they just couldn't climb out of and you had injuries, you had suspensions, including unnecessary suspensions like Madison, it all went wrong. Uh, I think that that actually bodes well for picking a team that could rebound in 2024 because we will all remember why they weren't themselves last year. And when I say they weren't themselves, this is still a team that beat Penrith twice, which is why I believe they were, when I say they, Parramatta was one of the best eight teams last year. It just didn't didn't fall their way. I like the Tuilangi addition. Uh, the middle rotation is very strong. These, these are rep players. Dill Brown, especially after letting the team down last year, I know he's going to have a big year. He won't lose a lot in losing Hodgson because he wasn't at his best. And Hans is a very serviceable, capable uh, hooker. And then, you know, Gutho and Mo- Moses are in their prime and such important positions. Penasini's going to have a great year. So with a strong roster, rate the coach. Uh, I also like the fact that how many of these guys will play Origin? You know, I, I even feel like, Junior Barlow, uh, Reg, you know, they might not make it. They, they might just be on the fringe and might not be in Madge's plans. And it's perfect to have a bunch of guys who are close but don't make origin. It really helps you through the middle of the year. So I think that's a strength or an advantage for Para. And if they start a little bit stronger this year than they did last year, there's no reason why they shouldn't be top eight. So I have them sixth. It sounds to me like you might have them even higher. Yeah, I've got them at third. Uh, and just to echo your point there on rep availability, I mean, Really, JP, RCG, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, Jermaine Hopgood, they're all like either fringe guys or options for Origin. So they'll all be hungry and having a great season there, which kind of puts into why we both think they'll finish eight. Um, Septile says that he can't rewind. I'm fairly sure you can rewind YouTube lives. Now, just so much. let's address some of the comments. Not like there's a whole um, debate going on about my persuasion. We'll leave that out of it. I've been called many things over the 10 years I've done the pod. So that's 
fine. Uh, appreciate everyone's here. Hope you're enjoying it. Look, it's live on Instagram and maybe you can't jump back, but it is also on Facebook. It is also on YouTube and this will come out as a traditional podcast where for sure you can jump into any section of the video that you like. Watch us as many times as you want so you don't uh, miss out on what we've said about your team. But of course, ideally, for those who can tune in live, we'd love you to be watching with us in real time because we can interact with you and can read all the um, lovely comments that come through. Yeah, absolutely. Four different ways to watch the podcast, but none better than watching it live with us uh, every Tuesday at 5.30pm for our previews and 15 minutes after the final game of each round. Let's move on to the Penny Panthers. The 2024 reigning, sorry, 2023 reigning premiers. Did I just reveal my hands? Uh, potentially I did there. They gain uh, Dane Laurie, Brad Schneider, and Paul Alamotti, but they do lose Stephen Crichton, Spencer Lanou, Jamin Salmon, Jack Cogger, Tom Jenkins, Eddie Blacker, and Zach Hoskins. Now, for me, how can anyone doubt this champion side anymore? I mean, how can you? I can't see anyone who could have a genuine reason as to why they think they'll fall off because they've lost these star players in the past and they've shown that they can bring in the next next guy up and keep that same championship mentality for three years in a row now. Jerome Luai's gone the following year. I think realistically he looks at his new side he's going to and a lot of it was driven by money um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not criticizing his decision, but certainly from a football-only perspective, he knows his best chance to win another premiership is this year. In fact, this year is probably a better chance for him to win a premiership than he would have at the Tigers potentially over the next five years. So I think he'll have a great season. I think he'll have a massive season, actually, where he wins back his origin jersey there with Nathan Cleary, who we know will also have a huge season. You look at that Panthers spine when he add Isaiah Yoda, that spine with the way he plays in and around with their forward pack. Their forward pack's amazing. Their outside backs have depth and are strong as well. For me, they're simply a top four side without too much thought. And I will reveal my ranking. I've got them in first. Uh, I hate to be boring, but I've got them first. Do you still have the Panthers as a top four side this year? If I don't have the Panthers top four, that means I would have the Titans higher than the Panthers. And you heard correctly. And again, feed me like I already am in the comments as it is. Uh, I have the Titans higher than the Panthers this year. Now, I don't think the Panthers are, I don't think the Titans are better than Penrith, but I do know with a target on their back, it's just going to be impossible to play at the level we're accustomed to for 27 rounds. So I think that once again, you 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 have to deal with losses that accumulate uh, every single year. None bigger than Crichton, but also in the forward pack there with Len Yu, Salmon, uh, Luai signing on to the Tigers has, of course, disharmony. They're probably professional enough to move on, but they do kind of need to reinvent themselves a little bit. Uh, you just, it's just they've done something that's so unprecedented in winning three comps in a row. And look, they're going to be in the mix for sure with a chance to win comp four in a row. But there's a reason we've just, we see it so rarely in history. Uh, and look, I just want to say on that note, like it was a great game on the weekend against Wigan and the Panthers were robbed. Like the, the winning try wasn't really a try. They came so close to winning it. Uh, and they give, they, they give themselves a great chance in a lot of games, and they're going to win a lot. So I've still got them fifth, but uh, look, just let me have it. I have the Titans finishing higher than the Panthers, and I'm not joking. Is that the boldest prediction you've ever had since you've run Tripod in the last 10 years? Is I that the know. craziest? Look, look I, as I said, I'm, as I see, like people can call me all sorts of names, but you can't call me afraid uh, to share my opinion. And I, I felt like there's a few teams that I really had pretty close. And I just thought it just makes the point a bit better if I go with the more bold prediction. And look, I stand by anything I said, and I've uh, tipped out signs at 10 bucks to top four, for example. And I really do believe Panthers will be 
right thereabouts. But if it's that close and there's one win or loss in it, uh, nobody knows how that's going to go. No one knows how injuries are going to go. So I think in a season where I truly believe it's going to be so close, bet on the wilder outcomes, bet on the uncertainty because you don't need them all to come off. You just need a one or two to hit. Mate, clip that up for an Instagram reel that you've got the Titans finishing above the Panthers. I'm sure the comments will be very lovely and endearing. <laughs> Don't do that for your own mental health. Uh, let's move on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They gain Clive Churchill medals, Dan Dallian winner, Jack White and Sean Kepi. They lose Harmay Sally, Blake Tuff, Jed Cartwright. I do like the signings of Kepi and White, and I think it's hard not to like them. And I still acknowledge that the Rabbitohs can beat any side on their day. Name me the, our rugby league side. Rabbitohs can beat them on their day. The issue they've had in recent years is keeping this side together healthy for a full season. It just hasn't happened. There's been disruptions, uh, particularly with Latrell Mitchell's injuries, soft tissue ones, which are reoccurring um, these last few years. Walker and Damian Cook, they gain another year in their career. You'd have to acknowledge they're probably towards the back end of their careers. I'm not saying that their form's going to fall off a cliff, but certainly it appears they've hit their ceiling as high as they can possibly go. With the Bunnies, though, and the injuries that I referenced, Winnie, it's not so much like, oh, Latrell's out this week or Walker's out this week. It's more so once they are out, the entire Rabbitohs dynamic and players around them play differently. Alex Johnson doesn't score as many tries, for example. The left edge becomes so much less potent. Um, they've also got some, you know, some concerns, if we're absolutely honest. Like, Jack Whiten's not back to around four. Campbell Graham, who was almost centre of the year last year, is out for half the year. So I do think if their spine sticks together for 20-plus games, then, yeah, I could be made look silly. But I'm not as high on the Rabbitohs this season as I suspect a lot of people will be. Um, I've got them missing the eight. I'll tell you where once we get your thoughts. You know, this is a team that could be high variance again, and they, they fooled me last year. I really thought they'd come home with a wet sail, and they – missed the finals altogether, and their, their energy was off, and uh, it just really compounded. One bad loss led to another. They never regained the form, and they just kind of lost interest there. But the ability, I don't think, should be questioned. And you look at a guy like Jack White, and, you know, he went to South Sydney for no other reason than to win the comp. He's beloved in Canberra. He could get more money there. He could get more money uh, with the Dolphins, you know. He's even saying he won't play rep footy. Like, his goal is to win a premiership. And he bought what the other Indigenous players told him in Indigenous camp, I believe, that that's the place to be to win one. And the time is now. The Cookie, Walker, Latrell, none of them are really going to get any younger or better. Uh, you know, this is the their window right now. Cam Murray is as good as any forward in the game that I want uh, to have leading my team. It's a forward pack that gets you on the front foot. There's a question mark for sure about Lachlan Ilias, but I think he can do it. So I can appreciate your case and maybe if you don't rate Souths, you do back them to fail miserably because it does feel like a team that's all or nothing. And if they're in the premiership hunt, they'll be in it up to their eyeballs. But if they're not, they could fall away badly. However, I have um, uh, the former case coming second in the regular season, in fact. Second? Wow. Uh, I've got them all the way down in 10th, man. So we definitely are worlds apart in the bunnies. I think that's our biggest disparity yet, eight spots apart. Um, Jimmy Graham says, Demetrio wields no power. Latrell runs the shop. Um, interesting to see how their new coaching setup goes with our Sam Burgess gone as well now. Let's go to their arch rifles, the Sydney Roosters. They gain Spencer Lanou and Dominic Young. Nice pair of signings there. They do lose Fletcher Baker, Jackson Paulo, uh, Paul Momorowski, Drew Hutchinson, Jake Turpin, Corey Allen, Nathan Brown. So a fair few losses there. 
I just think when you look at this Roosters side on paper, you look at their coach and the ability they have, we know what they're capable of. Um, I wouldn't say they're quite like the Bunnies where they can beat any side without debate, but it is hard to lead them out of any top eight when you put together their roster. And yes, you can make that argument for a lot of teams, I suppose, but I think with the Roosters, it's a little bit different because they've got that proven track record of kind of always being there uh, at the business end of the season. This side this year will have a consistent preseason with no disruptions. Last year, I would hazard to take a guess that maybe 10 plus of their players were affected by the World Cup. Uh, most notably James Tedesco, who wasn't there. Full preseason, no disruptions. Maybe you could say Las Vegas is a minor one, but I do think that it's not massive enough to disrupt them at all. I also think someone like Sam Walker will begin to finally, I won't say realize his potential because he did have a strong rookie season, but he's now injury-free. I think that's the biggest one. He's injury-free. Um, he's had a full preseason with uh, Luke Keary again, and that also includes Brandon Smith. Um, last year, Sam Walker would have had the preseason with Smith but then he got injured with the ACL injury and was playing injured and, and out for a lot of the year. So I reckon they've ironed out the issues they had last year, and I reckon they're ready to kick on a little bit this year and improve from what they did last year. How are you looking at the Roosters? Look, I look at every season on its own merit, but it did occur to me I've picked the Roosters to win the comp the last two years, I believe, uh, and I'll make it three in a row. I'll tell you right now, uh, spoiler, that that's going to be my uh, grand final winner and my minor premiers. Uh, I just can't look past the depth of this side. It's it's absurd to me that they can fit them all in. You know, Walker had such a tough season last year, but I really feel like he's primed to lead the side and to be one of the best and dynamic, most dynamic halfbacks in the comp. And the rest of the names, I don't even need to mention all these names of the stars that they have, but you look at Brandon Smith, and he was really hampered last year. He can kind of be like a new signing if he can be consistent. Lenu and Young are awesome additions. If I was to hear Teddy was going to uh, retire from rep footy, I'd, I'd feel like even stronger, and that could be a blessing. I don't know if, uh, if Teddy will get dropped from origin. Uh, I, I was critical of Tedesco last year because I don't think he's on the level that everyone's accustomed to, but he's still a top-tier fullback. There's an embarrassment of riches in terms of outside backs around him. The coach, Robinson's as good as they come. I think this team gets it right, and they're definitely a top four side in my eyes. And in fact, because I felt most confident they'll make the four of anybody, I put them at the top of the pile. Great call. I've got them at seventh, but you've almost twisted my arm a little bit there. You know, guys like Jared Riahago's Joey Manu, they are going to be on their last season with the club. No doubt they'll want to send them out as a winner. Um, as you said, the depth, like someone like Billy Smith might not even be in their best 17. So I might have to reevaluate my ladder a little bit closer to the season kickoff because I'm I'm almost higher on the Roosters now than I was two minutes ago before you, sorry, high, uh, lower on them. Um, you've really twisted my arm there. So I'm, yeah, I'm liking the Roosters now. Let's go to the Dragons. We have some Just 2024 games. Uh, again, we're talking to people about the format. Now I see we're at the 59 minute mark. This is kind of new for us again, vertical format. Instagram Live. I have a feeling this show may cut out at the 60-minute mark on Instagram, and we had a feeling we would go a little over the hour to cover all these teams, and we're going to wrap it with our overall season predictions and grand finals. So if we do cut out momentarily, you can still pick up the stream again on Facebook or YouTube. Just search Tripod Betting with a, with a Y there. You'll find us. Plus, we're in our, all podcast players soon after this stream concludes. But if you if you lose us, we will still be uh, plugging away, concluding this preview. 
Absolutely we will be. Um, let's move on to the Dragons. 2024 games of Harme Sally, Kyle Flanagan, Tom Eisenhuth, uh, Jesse Marshke, RFM, and Christian Tupolotu. Uh, and, of course, Luciano Leilua, who joined them recently. They lose Jaden Sullivan, Zane Musgrove, Billy Burns, Tyrell Fumayano, uh, and also Tautau Moga and Talatau Amone. For me, Winnie, Shane Flanagan has a big job ahead of him. The Dragons, in my view, have the weakest roster in the league. I did predict them for the Wooden Spoon last year. I was wrong, only just. Um, and I don't think that roster has gotten significantly better. Um there is talent dispersed through their roster. Like Tyrell Sloan has potential. Ben Hunt's a great halfback. But I don't think it's talent that can consistently combine over a 27-round season uh, to finish high on the ladder. I think they'll have some really bad performances this year. Like, I'm talking like 20-plus point losses. I see some really bad losses for Flanagan in his first year. But just like the Sharks, it took him a few seasons to build his roster, shape it, influence the culture of the group and get them back on track. And then we saw the Sharks consistently play finals until they won a premiership. So I think history will repeat itself here for the Dragons as far as that's concerned. But I think they're in for a tough year in 2024. Would you agree with that? I do. And I think everybody does. Uh, you can check the Instagram feed. Just I'm curious. Did I tell a lie before? Has it been uh, upgraded? Well, it seems to we, be still going. Goes, so. Hey, go beyond 60 minutes. I heard that was an issue a few weeks ago, so that's good news. Hopefully people are enjoying it. You can check in on the comment thread there. Uh, look, I'll start with a negative, one being that your captain doesn't really want to be there, and it looks like when Ben Hunt gets interviewed, it's like a hostage interview, saying all the right things now, sure, but the truth is still what came out last year. And they weren't good enough last year, and you made the point, where have they gotten better? Where's the improvement uh, to, to raise the Dragons up the ladder? Probably isn't there. The positive is that it's a team that fights hard. They can limit mistakes and make their opponent earn it. They will actually just win a handful of games by winning ugly, which will suit uh, the uh, suit the DNA of a new coach like Flano. And this is a team that can sneak up on opponents. This is a team that will be underestimated because they've been so mediocre or worse for several seasons. The other thing is, from a punning perspective, there's no point me saying all the reasons why the Dragons aren't very good when everybody is down on them. You don't get value going against the sides that everyone will back against. I actually think the Dragons won't be as far away from the rest of the pack as others might, but still, uh, they were in my bottom four. Where did I put I put them 16th at the end. I had them 15th. Um, so, yeah, it looks like we're both pretty much on the same view there of the Dragons. Let's go to a side that is uh, often out of the media, the West Tigers. Uh, their 2024 games are Latu Fayanu, whose name escaped me earlier in this podcast, his brother Samuela, Jaden Sullivan, Aiden Caesar, uh, Solomon Alamalo, who I don't know too much about, but he's a super rugby player, uh, Fatape from the Queensland Cup, and Justin Olam. They lose Luke Brooks, David Norfoluma, Tommy Talao, Dane Laurie, uh, Tuki Simpkins, Brandon Wakeham, Tristan O'Reilly, and Sean Bloor to the Storm. I do love some of these Tigers signings, Winnie, if I'm absolutely honest. I think they will begin to show signs of improvement this year, but it pains me to say they will still be right down the bottom of this NRL ladder. And, and it's weird that I say they'll improve because I think they'll look good in games, but they won't win them. Like, they'll have some high moments. Like, there was against the Bulldogs, I think, last year. They scored, like, four tries in 10 minutes or something like that. They'll have moments like that where it's like, wow, this is clicking. This is exciting to watch. This side looks good. But they won't quite have enough to win games. And 
I don't want to be too critical of Benji Marshall, but I've just got to put this on the record. He has zero head coach experience. Like that is a first in NRL history almost. He hasn't coached any younger grades, SG balls, jersey flags, etc. What's worse, he doesn't even have existing coach experience outside of last year where they won the wooden spoon. So I love Benji Marshall as a player. I think he should be in the NRL Hall of Fame. But in my mind, Benji is more suited to a rep coach role where the best players come in, are elite players, and his job is to motivate them and come up with a basic game plan. If I was the Tigers, I would be reaching out to Wayne Bennett right now and saying, hey, we know you're close with Benji. We want you to come to our club for, as the football director from 2025 and mentor Benji for a season or two. That's why I think the Tigers will be in trouble. And it sucks for me to say that because I'm a huge Benji Marshall fan, but that's just how I'm seeing it. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the Tigers? Are you going to surprise me here or you kind of got them around the same same area? It's just hard. To, it's hard to see this being their year. I think I like the signs in recruitment. And, and you know, securing Luai is massive for next year. So there's promising signs for the future. I probably have to say I'm a Benji believer. I think being a club legend and being so revered by the playing group is going to go a long way to getting buy-in. And he clearly understands the game. And, yeah, very limited experience, but at least he did do one-year apprenticeship under Sheens, albeit it was not a successful year. What it comes down to for me is, again, the team won't win a lot of games because I see the halves as a, a weakness. And, again, you're waiting on Luai next year, but you're also waiting on Dewey is out with that was an ACL, right? And he's not going to be back straight away. And you don't know what capacity he comes back in. So a team that I think will be better than last year, where at times they were quite pitiful, but still a year away from being truly exciting. Winnie, we've got the Irish International Rugby League coach watching us on Instagram right now. Shout out, Jed. Thank you for being here, mate. Bit of a celebrity appearance, which is bloody awesome, on our podcast. Uh, I've got the Tigers in 17th. So where did you say you had it? Was it eight? 15th. Oh, 15th. I, I, I thought I heard eight there and I was going to have to rewind <laughs> and my brain explode there. You could probably yeah. drug test me for that one. But I've said some outlandish things, so I don't blame you for checking. <laughs> I just had to double check after that Titans take. Uh, my heart's still pounding out of my chest. Let's move on to your team. And I can't really remember what spot's available on your ladder. So no matter what you say, you're going to surprise me with this finish. Uh, they gained Herbie Farmworth, Thomas Flegler, Jake Avarillo, and Oren Keeley. Could be said they've recruited the best of any side with those big names. They lose Branko, Lee Herman, SASE, Pawasa, Farmasili, and JJ Collins. I look at this Dolphins side, I think they should improve this year, particularly with those new signings. That is some awesome spark across the park there. But I do think they face a difficult transition period where we get to the halfway mark, and if I'm looking at the Dolphins long-term, they start to say, well, look, Christian Wolf needs to take on a larger role here. Uh, and that's because we know Wayne Bennett is not here next year. So Wayne Bennett steps back slightly. Christian Wolf takes over slightly. And it, it just feels like that could be a little bit awkward for the club. I believe it'll be a difficult period. I think for the Dolphins to push top eight this year, Winnie, they need it to be absolutely full strength. And we now know they're already not because Thomas Gilbert is out for the year with an ACL. And that is a massive loss. This is a guy that would have played Origin, would have pushed for a Kangaroos jersey, and he's now out for the year. I think the Dolphins will be around there this year. Like, I think they will be that side that statistically it's always possible for them to play finals. But realistically, we all kind of know they're a little bit off. And so I have the Dolphins in 12th place. Interested to hear how you're viewing your own side this year, though. Well, you said it there, Tom Gilbert. I mean, Tom Gilbert. No! Oh, like, 
That is the I mean, we hate to see it. We know the preseason is necessary. I've enjoyed the preseason. Uh, you know, the preseason challenge for a bit gimmicky. And a shout out to Brisbane. Uh, I know Barney was excited there. They won that challenge. Look, but the point is, you've got to get the games in. Players can get injured anytime. It can get injured at training, but it's so rough. I guess it's 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 heartbreaking to see a player injured anytime, really. And if it happens in round one or whatever, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, it's still terrible news for a club. But Gilbert's such an important player because. You said it. I would argue the Dolphins had the best recruitment class of all 17 teams. And Gilbert was out that shoulder injury for the most of the year. So he was like bringing in another rep player, such an important position, going into his prime. He could have really had a great year. It's got to be deflating. And it just reduces the ceiling of this Dolphins side uh, that does have excellent depth and did bring in some real stars in, in terms of Flegler and Farnworth on top of the ones that emerged. Like we said last year, they never signed a marquee star, but Hammer was the one they had all along. So we saw the great signs last year, although they fell off towards the end of the year, and that was partly injuries. But this Gilbert loss hurts so much. It's the worst injury of the preseason. It's the most impactful. It's not fair that it happens to my Dolphins. Uh, on top of that, if you're going to pick negatives, look, the halves pairing, while Katoa and, and you know S Sullivan, if he stays injury-free, uh, they can improve. It's it's not one of the best halves pairings in the comp. So again, I could see the Dolphins coming up short in uh, in close games. And then you know Finn Diesel was awesome. The Bromwich brothers set the tone last year, but those guys are a year older. Wallace same boat. So I couldn't see the Dolphins in the finals. Like there were a lot of teams that I anguished over, and I didn't take the shortcuts and say they're all in the mix. I, I put a lot of good teams outside the eight. This was a side I didn't really consider for the eight, as much as it pains me to say that. Mind you, last year I thought they'd get the spoon. They finished a few spots higher. So they did the same this year. Maybe they can challenge for finals footy, which would be super exciting. But I have the Dolphins, probably similar to yourself, went 14th in the end. Yeah, I think they finished four. No, they finished uh, 12th last year or 13th. So I think a little 13th bit lower. last year. Yeah, my Titans were one below them. Chantel says she'll be watching the Dolphins just for Herbie, who did win the NRL Roast Hottest 100 this year. So a uh, big start to the season for Herbie off the field. Um, Colt says, I agree with Clarkie. Twelfth is a fair assessment for the Dolphins. All right, let's summarize our ladders here. So I have gone in my top four, Panthers, Broncos, Storm, and Eels. Your top four is... Roosters, Rabbitohs, Cowboys, Titans. I love that last option. Rounding out my top eight, fifth to eighth, I've got Warriors, Knights, Roosters, Titans. You've got Panthers, Eels, Broncos, Bulldogs. Okay, so there's what? Uh, I think there's about two or three sides we have different uh, within the top eight. My bottom nine sides are Sharks, Bunnies, Cows, Dolphins, Seagulls, Doggies, Dragons, Raiders, and Tigers. Yours are? And again, listen to some of these teams that couldn't make my eight. Melbourne Storm, Cronulla Sharks, New Zealand Warriors, Newcastle Knights. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have those four in their eight. I have those teams occupying ninth to 12th, followed by teams I didn't really see in the eight being Manly, Dolphins, Tigers, Dragons, and Canberra. Remember, I gave that value shot, 750 Canberra for the wooden spoon. And that can be a little bit difficult to track either watching us live now or as a podcast. So we'll actually do that up as a post and we'll cross post it on Instagram so people can see our ladder um, next to each other. 
as I've just been sacked from my other job there. If people can see that on top of the screen there. Uh, but as I understand, you've got some 2024 custom multis relating to the NRL ladder, Winnie. Are you ready to reveal those just yet? Yeah, so I, I've got one that I'm going to share tonight. It, people who hadn't used their Toppy account this year and reached out to me, and a lot did, um, check your emails today. There's something that hopefully will bring a smile to your face. And people also got their uh, promo eligibility reviewed too. So that's going to allow you to jump on this if you would like to. My special, which I'm going creative, I've got three ladder head-to-heads. So I'm pairing up three teams. And when I say a ladder head-to-head, we need each of these three. It's a three-leg multi. Each of these three to finish higher on the ladder than the team I'm putting them head-to-head against. I will type it in the comments as well. But I am going Roosters, who I've got minor prems, ahead of Brisbane, who I'm a little lower on. Now, that's an underdog pick, but Roosters finish higher than Brisbane. This is ladder, so this is regular season only. I've got Titans to finish higher than Dolphins. Made that pretty emphatically clear why. And I've got Eels to finish higher than Manly. I think you agree with those last couple. That's it. And that's paying $9 on Toppy. You can have up to 50 on that if you need a Toppy account. Use the code TPLIVE. Clarky, roll into your season predictions. Give us a word of what you think of that multi. Uh, remember, people can share their own in the tripod group as well and get it priced up. I'll comment that just so it's uh, easy for people to understand what I'm tipping out. Yeah, of course. Why you type that comment away? I think that's a really great bet. And as you said, for, with Tristan from Top Spot, anyway, if you don't like that one, you're not high, jump in the tripod Facebook group, get your own multi in there. Um, it'll, you know, you'll get it priced up and you can get exactly what you want. I do like that one. I certainly agree with the last two legs. And whilst I was higher on the Broncos than I was the Roosters, you did make a very compelling case for either side there. And I'm almost inclined to go back and review my ladder and maybe adjust the Broncos a little bit down and the Roosters a little bit up. In fact, just so compelling. I'm talking to myself in my head right now and I could almost do a straight switcheroo where I go Roosters... Second Broncos, seventh. I won't confirm that just yet, but, oh, man, you are a convincing man um, as we will bring that bet up on screen for everyone so they can see that right now. But for me, um, what I was saying there, Winnie, was certainly I think the last two are, are great options, and I do acknowledge there is a little bit of an underdog pick to the first leg there being Roosters above Broncos, but you're getting $9 value there, which which is Funnily very enough, big. They, meet, they meet in uh, Vegas, you know, yeah. in time, so... It could uh, set the tone for that multi early on. But uh, look, we've covered all 17 teams. I've given my season multi, but we've got some overall season predictions. Like we're going to go Dally M, top try points, uh, most improved sides, best signings, uh, these kind of things that people want to hear from us and our grand final prediction. So let's, let's, let's get into that. Let's make this show shorter than a footy game. Keep it uh, within 80 minutes if we can. Yeah, let's breeze through our season predictions. For my Dally M, I'm going Nathan Cleary. The reason I'm going that winning is I've still got the Panthers in first. I think Jerome Lua will have a great season, and there are players that could take points from Cleary, but I do think he's the key orchestra of their band still, if you will. I did a post on my page in the offseason where I calculated every single player's Dally M points from 2020 onwards. Nathan Cleary leads that poll. Um, so across all seasons combined, he has the most Dally M points of this decade so far. Just hasn't won the top gong. So I'm going Nathan Cleary for my pick. Who are you going to go? That wasn't quick at all. I'm going Drinkwater. Scotty Drinkwater, I like it. That's a that's a great pick, actually. Uh, last year was deemed um, ineligible due to the suspension early, but was otherwise right up there on the ladder. Top try scorer, 
Dallin Watani Zalesniak for me missed out by one try this year. I think Dominic Young will be a little bit lower playing outside of Joey Manu. So I'll go DWZ for top try scorer. Who have you got? Boring, but since I have him top four, Alex Johnston. He'll get a lot of meaties this year, as he always does. Quick question. Is he going to break the all-time try score record then this year? I think he needs 26. Oh, he'll be thereabouts for sure. Yeah, I did a bold call. He'll fall one short just to leave us hanging for next year. So that'll be interesting to see. Top point scorer, I've gone boring. Jermaine Asako, repeat. I think the Dolphins have enough points in him. He's a great goal kicker. So I've got Asako. You've got... Val Holmes, outside back that can get a few tries. And Cowboys, a top four side for me. So plenty of points on offer. Yeah, makes perfect sense. My most improved side was the Eels. And my biggest fall-off side was the Raiders. What were your selections there? Most improved has to be your Gold Coast Titans. And the fall-off again, I'm with you, has to be Canberra as much as uh, that's a very... Common pick. Yeah, I oh, mean, it's getting hot in here. All this talk about Titans top four. I might have to <laughs> turn my webcam off any second now. Best signing. I've gone Roger Tuovasa Sheck. Who have you got there? Go Spencer Lenu can elevate okay. the Roosters to be a premiership contender again this year. Yeah, well, he's only started four times before in his NRL career. He has been named um, for the Vegas game to start there. So he'll be starting for the fifth time in his career, which is like 80 plus games long. So Big opportunity for him this year. Uh, grand final and premiership prediction. I know you said Roosters. Who is going to meet them there and who are the Roosters going to beat? So I'm going for the ancient rivalry. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've never had this as a grand final we in haven't. what 115 years of rugby yep. league. But I'm going to say this is the year we get Roosters, Rabbitohs, and I do have the Roosters prevailing. Who have you got? That would be an unreal grand final. And let us know in the comments too, guys. We're wrapping up in the next couple of minutes, but I'd love to see what all the grand final predictions are. Yeah, always interesting to hear. Mate, I'd love to see a a Bunnies v Roosters grand final. I'd love it even more if there was... Imagine all the... like Remember the game that had all the send-offs? Imagine if it had that sort Mm -hmm. of physicality again without the send-offs. I've gone gone boring, mate. I've gone Panthers v Storm, Bellamy's last season, uh, the headline repeat or revenge from 2020, and I reckon Panthers will win it. I think they'll have everything ironed out they need to by that time of the year. Having lost the star players, their replacements will be well embedded in their systems and processes. So that is our 2024 season preview in an hour and 18 minutes. Very difficult to do. We could have chatted for five hours, uh, but we wanted to keep it short, sharp, and interact with our viewers as we went. So that brings us to the close of our show. Thank you so much for being here. We hope we provided you some value and insights around how we're seeing the competition in 2024. Please let us know in the comments if there's anything else you'd like to see us try this year on ways you'd like to see us improve this show as we want to make it as best possible we can for you. Our next show will be Friday, this Friday at 5.30 p.m. New South Wales time where we will preview the NRL Las Vegas launch and give out our best bets for those two monster games. And then we'll be back on Sunday 15 minutes after the final game to give an instant reaction to the launch in Las Vegas before rolling into our weekly previews and reviews the following week. So from myself, thank you very much. And over to my better looking co-host, Winnie, to farewell this show. Well, that's something you said on the show that wasn't true. Everything else we're going to find out. That's the best thing. We're going to roll the balls out there. We're going to find out what's true and what's not. Let us know what you think. That's what it's all about. The community interacting, sharing your opinions, your plays, So let us know in the comments and also uh, we've got a Facebook group. We've got a Discord as well. I partnered a lot of content with Wiki. So if you're looking for any tripod content too, you can look up 
www.wiki.ai. If I didn't say before, I've got a second season multi through better, but I'm saving that till Friday. We're going to have a little bit more time in the Friday show. And I was looking after account holders with better, but didn't know if that would be finalized by today. So I didn't want to put that multi up until it is. So catch you guys Friday. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in uh, to our first show of our 10th season of Tripod. Clarky, say it with me, mate. Lego. Lego.